The History of Alternative Podcast. A historic look back at everything alternative. So the 16 nominees for this year's Rock and Roll Hall of Fame class are in and just zeroing in on the alternative nominees. Rage Against the Machine, Foo Fighters, Devo, Kate Bush and the New York Dolls all made the list. Also on the list, the Go-Go's, Iron Maiden, Jay-Z, Fela Kuti, LL Cool J, Carol King, Tina Turner, Mary J. Blige, Shaka Khan, Shaka Khan, Todd Rundgren, and Dionne Warwick. This is the History of Alternative podcast. I'm James Van Osdell, and when it comes to winning awards, he's forever the bridesmaid, never the bride, John Manley. I will stab a chick for that bouquet. I'm telling you that right now. Hey, go to Wintrust, JVO, for money stuff. Wintrust.com. They're great and much more reliable than that Reddit group telling you who to invest in. Hashtag stonks. Hashtag stonks. You know, criticizing the Rock Hall is pretty much cliche. It's far past cliche at this point. That said, we're not above it. So what is your first impression of this year's nominated class? Um, my first impression, honestly, is it's a real kick in the nuts when you start seeing bands that came out when you were in high school start getting nominated for Lifetime Achievement Awards. But here we are. <laughs> um, honestly, my, my, my first impression is, was truly to put them all in. This is a really, really good list of bands and artists. It is. It is a strong, it's a well-balanced, I think, list. It's interesting. Jan Wenner, who was the guy running the Rock Hall of Fame forever, he was the editor publisher of Rolling Stone. He was the guy behind this. He stepped down in January of 2020. So this is, it's kind of a new Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And this feels like a much more inclusive list than in years past i think by and large they got a lot right this time now here's the thing and we'll just get it out of the way because i don't think anyone can discuss the rock and roll hall of fame without discussing the negative about it to me john manley rock and roll is the opposite of what the rock and roll hall of fame is this is an institution this is the establishment rock and roll is giving a middle finger to the establishment so there's always been a disconnect with me or for me between the rock and roll hall of fame and the, the spirit of rock and roll rock and roll is about sex. I mean, it's in the name Uh, rock and roll is about danger. Rock and roll is about rebellion. This is a way to kind of present that safely for the masses. And I've always had a little issue with it. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like, the grand old Opry wouldn't induct Nine Inch Nails into their Hall of Fame. Why would the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induct Kenny Rogers or something like that? Right. Like it's kind of like it's almost named poorly, you know, like what started off as this kind of cool niche thing out of Cleveland that celebrated Jimi Hendrix. Right. Turn into, well, let's 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 start drumming up a little controversy. and We'll start adding some non rock names. And now it's gotten to the place where it's like. It's really just the music hall of fame at this well, point. At this point, it's the music hall of fame. And I, I think it's never been this cool underground thing. It's, it's always been this big establishment. I mean, again, Jan sure. Wenner from Rolling Stone, the, the, he is textbook ex- establishment. And he stepped down and replacing him is a guy who was one of the first guys at MTV, John Sykes, and who also uh, spent a lot of time at iHeart. Uh, th- this is the establishment. This is not the underground. This is not something cool this is rock and roll as commerce this is rock and roll as product and to your point it is music more so than rock and roll but even in the beginning the the rock hall's first class was in 1986 
And it was foundational. I wouldn't say they were all truly rock artists. I mean, Sam Cooke was in that first class. Um, right. The Everly Brothers. Yes, rockish. I have no problem with deviating from the from the rock world. I, I think NWA made sense. I, to me, it's a, more about attitude than it is about what comes out of the speakers, yeah. which is why I had a problem with Whitney Houston, because there was no edge. There was no attitude. There was no danger or sense of rebellion in anything Whitney Houston did. Right. Yeah, it's I, I don't. I don't envy anyone that has to do these lists or put this thing together because it's, well, I mean, it's much like the arguments with what we do for a living. What's alternative. I don't freaking know, man. I, you know what you hear it, <laughs> right? Like it's like, just pornography. Go, yeah, that's yeah. this. And this, mm-hmm. right, right, right. Um, all things considered. Um, oh, that's just me. Um, so, you know, it's like, how do you, how can you exclude certain things, include other things? I think they probably did the right thing. And, and plus, it's always just for attention, right? Like you throw, you start throwing in random pop acts and then people go, what the hell is this for? And then, you know, I'm like, they keep, do they keep the sniffs out just so they keep getting more and see angry tweets every year? Is that part of it to get the attention? You know, like there's, there's games that get played here too, right? Well, the, the cynic would say the Smiths. And I have, feel like that gets boring to me, you know, the cynic would say that the Smiths will never get in because Part of the consideration is who will show up for that induction ceremony? Who's going to help sell tickets? Who's going to help further the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame's goals? The Smiths will never get back together. They won't even, you know, Mar and Morrissey won't appear on the same stage together. So that's just a wash. There, there's no point in doing that. Now, Foo Fighters, just to jump into this class, they're a first-time nominee. Uh, this is their first year of eligibility. They're nominated. I think they're a done deal because, cynically, Dave Grohl's going to be all in on this. Dave Grohl's going to help them sell this event. Dave Grohl is the public face of rock and roll right now. I think from a business perspective, the Foo Fighters are a guarantee for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction. Okay, so let me pose this question to you. Do the Foo Fighters deserve day one induction? No. First ballot nominees, no. first ballot in? Certainly not. You I, don't think so? I For sure not. What have the Foo Fighters done? And we all like the Foo Fighters. What have they done to create a lasting impact on rock and roll? Oh, wait. Everlong, my friend, the greatest alternative song of all time. And I will, I will, I will ride that into the sunset, that theory. I'll, I'll roll with that. I hear what you're saying, though. It's, it's hard to, but it, I, it's a tough place to be because it's hard for me to say that they are one of the, most enduring and important rock bands of all time yet i'm hard pressed to think of a better rock band in the last 25 years than the foo fighters maybe not you know particularly for your taste but like success relevancy and things of that nature you know it's i hate to say this because i I don't mean to diminish the rest of the band but it's it's almost more like a, a dave grohl award well, that's exactly my point. He is. There haven't been many rock stars since Dave Grohl. People who, if they walked into your place of business, you'd recognize them instantly and know right. everything about them. Grohl's one of the last ones. Do you think Grohl goes in three times? Once for Nirvana, once for the Foo Fighters, once by himself? I don't think he's done enough on his own to warrant uh, just solo. No, I, I think this is but this is it. It'll be Nirvana and Foo Fighters. Yeah. Which, oh my God, that's to be 
inducted for two different artists, two different bands. That's huge. That's that's a tremendous accomplishment. And I think, I think the Foo Fighters are worthy. I I think their first four or five records are all really, really great. And, you know, Calling the Shape is to me, one of the best, like that is a top 20 album for me. That album is phenomenal. And even the first one's really great too. And I think it's hard now because you think of them kind of in like the third act of their career, so to speak, right? Like the, the nineties and early two thousands, they were like this big, awesome band. And then, Mid 2000s, they kind of became, I don't want to say wallpapery, but like every two years, you're going to get a, a, a two really great songs <laughs> and a tour, and it's awesome. And then now you're kind of um, waiting for, like, it's like you're like, oh, they used to be so great. I don't not like their new stuff, but it used to be, it's not Monkey Wrench, you know? Um, and I don't know if that diminishes them a little bit when you look at them now versus a band that, you know, stopped right like rage against the machine like there's no there's no fall off you just go that band ruled (laughs) forever Mm -hmm. right and they didn't have that like fall off where you go i mean they were great for like three records and then i don't know so i don't know if they've tainted that a little bit for me foo fighters i think is a i don't know if they deserve like first time like first ballot induction that seems that should be reserved for like the all-timers you know um, but I think they certainly deserve to be in there. What are your thoughts on Rage Against the Machine? I think they belong. I think if influence is important, I think Rage is right there. I, I what they contributed to music from a sociopolitical perspective, I think from a sonic perspective, they informed so many other bands and artists to follow. I I, I think they were a minor revolution, and still do. And Rage was one of those bands that for sure, the first time you heard them, things changed. Mm-hmm. That's like a that, way that to is, say it. You know, that is a band that the first time you ever heard anything, you were just like, whoa, whether you liked it or not, it didn't even necessarily matter. It was just, what is this? <laughs> and this is their third nomination. They were nominated in 2018 and 2019. But along the lines of what I was saying about Dave Grohl as being a public face, a workhorse in the name of rock and roll. That's what Tom Morello is. I, I think from the business perspective of the Rock Hall, they'd be crazy not to put Rage in because Tom Morello, put that dude to work for your, your organization. He will carry that torch. He will inspire. He's, he's the right guy to represent everything. Well, and he's, he's been a part of their board for a long time, too. Oh, there you have it. Which is kind of funny, which is kind of funny that he's been... <laughs> he can't get his own band <laughs> in the Hall of Fame. Like, I mean, he can rig the system. He works for them. <laughs> right. I think now that they're back. Yeah, I think now that they're, I think now that they're kind of s- sort of back together. I mean, they were supposed to be back together. Kind of to what you were saying earlier. I think now's the year. Like now that they can probably get them on stage mm-hmm. and, and do something. I think it'll happen. I, I think it will be hilarious to see how Zach um approaches this and how he handles it because by all indications he should be like i'm not showing up are you kidding me this is capitalist crap and i don't care and there have been artists there have been artists in the past 
who've taken that position of not wanting to stand up for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, not wanting to accept it. But on the other hand, there have been artists who said, I realize this is what the fans want. And at the end of the day, I want to do this and respect the fans who are who helped me get here. So I, I have a feeling that Zach would show up, especially considering Morello's on the board. Yeah, I would I would hope so. Um because God, I love that band. And uh definitely still one of those bands when you see them coming up, you're like, oh my God, how old am I now that they're in the Hall of Fame? But deservedly by any metric. I mean, how a political think about this. This is the thing that always trips me about Rage Against the Machine is like in the middle of their in the height of their popularity, they were in the middle of boy bands and Blink 182s and the beginnings of the new metal phase. Check our last podcast for more on that. Shameless self-promotion. And there was this band that was like anti everything that's how good they were is they got they somehow penetrated this wall of really really disposable saccharine mainstream music and they still figured out a way to kick down that door i I think that's like you look back on it that is one of the most impressive things about that band speaking of last week's podcast the new metal podcast I, i got an email about it saying that we didn't once mention Godsmack or Disturbed. Okay. So it I'm, is. I'm fine with that. <laughs> so it is. Right, let's, okay. Let's go down this list. The sure. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame has, jumping off the alternative track for a second, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame has historically had a hard time with bands that rock. Um, Judas Priest didn't get in. Motorhead didn't get in. First time nominee this year, I think long overdue, Iron Maiden gets the nomination this year. I think if you were to isolate an influential metal band, Maiden's it. I mean, they, they had everything figured out. They had the look. They had the logo. They had the mascot. They and had the pins. They, they had, had the pins. Every, they, like, I was a, really young when Iron was in their height of popularity. And I, I can remember all the burnouts had their jean jackets and like 5,000 Iron Maiden pins. And I knew who Iron Maiden was and I'd never heard a note of their music, right? (laughs) They helped other bands understand how to merchandise themselves, how to project their image. To say nothing of the fact that Bruce Dickinson is one of the most powerful vocalists in the history of of the genre. I would love to see Iron Maiden get in. I'm not going to hold my breath, but I, I think the Rock Hall of Fame is long overdue for the heavier side to be represented. I, I, I think Maiden deserves it. I wish they would, Priest. Yeah. Yeah. I wish they would balance it. Right. Like I wish they would do things where it's like, okay, we're going to let Whitney Houston in, but we're also going to let, you know, motorhead in, you know, or, or things like that, where it, then at least everyone gets a little nibble versus the mainstreaming of, the hall of fame, I guess you would say, right. You know, and, and all of the angry black t-shirts can go, well, at least we have iron maiden. Okay. I'll allow it. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I'll allow it. See. And again, that's a harp on Whitney Houston. My problem is to me, rock and roll is it's a spirit. It's an attitude. It's about rebellion. It's about danger. None of which Whitney Houston had. Now, Whitney Houston was a diva. The, The diva door is now open. Mary J. Blige, first time nominee this year, Mary J. Blige, counter 
to Whitney Houston to me had that edge and, and that spirit has that edge and spirit. I mean, she created her own label. Uh, she certainly won plenty of Grammys. Uh, Mary J has inducted people into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in, in years past. She has her own production company. I can make a case for Mary J. Blige so much easier this year than I could for Whitney before. You'll hear no uh, arguments from this side of the microphone. I agree 100%. She had the edge. She has the songs. She has the catalog. She has the library. And she has the influence. Yes. You know, I mean, Whitney Houston and Mary J. Budge are, you know, you look at all of the pop artists to come post them. They pray at their altars, both of Mm -hmm. them. So, uh, but Mary J. definitely had that. I guess you call it street cred or something like she was cool. Like she yeah. was not for your mom. Credibility, right? She, she's <laughs> a more credible force. Like, That's it. Uh, exactly. Staying on the so Mary some, for sure. Staying on the female nominees for a second. Go Go's our first time nominee. We've seen some female artists of that era get elevated who maybe were not as deserving as the Go Go's. I don't think Joan Jett was as worthy as the Go Go's. Uh, that first album from the Go Go's, Beauty and the Beat, came out in 1981. This to me is one of the great albums of the new wave. This was a, a dominant album in the early eighties. Here's a band started as a punk band. They toured with the police and they just wrote these incredibly hooky, poppy jangly songs. I, I hope the go-go's go all the way. I think they're a fantastic band still do. An amazing female band in a world of bros that carve their own path and blaze their own trail. And 1000% deserve to be in this hall of fame no question so jay-z another first time nominee does he get in or is that is that delayed um i'd have to go back did biggie and tupac get nominated or get get in first ballot don't know about first ballot but for sure they got in um if you want to go down the hip-hop road no one should ever be first ballot if tupac or biggie weren't (laughs) (laughs) period end of discussion um does he deserve it yeah of course he does right i mean he's of the last 25 years those are the three biggie Pac, and jay-z there's they're the biggest and throw eminem in there as well so yeah without question and i think if he wants to play ball yeah i think he'll go in right away right like is if he'll go and perform of course he will of course he'll be in does he deserve it yeah man i think so like i mean he is like I said, he's not Rushmore of rap, so he's got to be in there. Does he get dinged for doing that R. Kelly collaboration after all the info about R. Kelly came out? Uh, well, he uh, was a trailblazer in in terms of um, releasing scents into hallways of concert venues. So it smelled like perfume instead of sweat. <laughs> um, and I experienced that myself at the Barclay Center. Uh, so for me, that's a hall pass for life. He deserves to be in just for, just for that. <laughs> to go but to a me, show and not smell stale beer and sweat is pretty incredible. <laughs> let, let me phrase this another way. If Dave Grohl put out a duet with Marilyn Manson next week, would he deserve the nomination? Um, I think that would have to get stricken from the records. But yes, I mean, dude, I, I hear what you're saying, but it's it's not like they were... Um, Simon and Garfunkel or something where it's like, you know, a, a long lasting partnership. Like 
you know, yes, Jay-Z or Jay-Z goes in right away. What about what about LL Cool J? Like, why isn't he in there yet? Well, here's a guy who is nominated in 2010, 2011, 2014, 2018, 2019. I that's starting to to get get up to Sheik numbers. Sheik's been nominated. I, I can't tell you how many times. Actually, I probably can if I do a little research. Um, she can craft work both talk yeah. about always the bridesmaid. Uh, it, it's getting almost embarrassing. I don't think he goes in this year. I want to know what, what happened in like the years that he wasn't nominated and then renominated. <laughs> well, okay. Well, if you want to go down that road, I, I think one of the craziest stories this year, Carol King was nominated in 1989 and this is her first time getting nominated again since that, that that's it, a long time between nominations for Carol King. Is she going to be the Burt Blylevin of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? I don't know if you're familiar with this guy, but it's kind of the same story, but for baseball, where a guy was like nominated a bunch of times, never made it. And then like 25, 30 years after his last nomination, he went in. <laughs> it was like, what? Be. I, mean, I mean, Tapestry from Carol King was one of the best selling albums of the 1970s, like period. Uh, it's still to this day, one of the 100 best selling albums of all time. For a certain generation, she was she was it. She was the singer songwriter, singer songwriter, and on Tapestry you had songs like "It's Too Late" and her version of "Natural Woman" and "I Feel the Earth Move." I could see it swinging back around for Carol King this year. I think so too. Um, when I think of art, when I look at artists like that, I don't even know. I know nothing about that era of music, and I know her. <laughs> And I think that's that that's always an indicator, right? If they're bigger than the the time, they probably deserve to be in. You know what I mean? Let's let's talk about another songwriter, female voice who started in the 70s. Kate Bush put out her first song when she was. 19 Uh, Wuthering Heights came out in 1978. Here is I mean, to me, she is a quintessential alternative artist. She is this arty poppy incredibly talented singer she has this tremendous vocal range and her influence i mean if you want to look in the present day she's influenced people like adele and goldfrapp and regina specter and people keep covering her songs we heard the mcmyers version of running up that hill placebo did an especially dark cover of that several years Very ago good. um you know kate's appeared on a couple of peter gabriel songs i mean that's her voice on games without frontiers and of course don't give up she, I, there are so many things I like about Kate Bush, one of which was she never was marketed or allowed herself to be marketed as a sex pot, as a sexy singer. She was always just an artist first. I don't know how through the 80s and 90s she was able to not have the record label frame her as such, but she was always just an artist on her own terms. And that voice is unmistakable. I've yet to hear another voice like hers. I don't think she'll get in but I at least want to draw attention to the fact that she is an extraordinary performer. I would find it hard to believe they would do Carol King and Kate Bush at the same time. Um, so I'm kind of with you. I think Carol King goes in and I think as a like retribution uh, for not acknowledging her for 40 years, I think she'll get, she'll go in. Um, but yes, I mean, does Kate Bush deserve it? Sure. Why not? Of course. She's a legendary songwriter. Like there's no denying that. 
And just that song, Wuthering Heights, that was one of the first things I ever heard from her. To be able to create that at the age of 19, I know I wasn't doing anything of any value at that age. And she gave us that lasting contribution to music back then. Just an extraordinary human. Who's next? What should we talk about next? We've got, well, let's put two of them together. We've got two, I mean, iconic, soulful singers, Tina Turner and Dionne Warwick. Let's not do two together. Let's let's go right for Tina Turner, because if she doesn't get in this year, everything is wrong. If Stevie Nicks is in as a solo artist, Tina Turner should be in as a solo artist. I mean, 100%. Stevie Nicks got in with Fleetwood Mac. That makes sense. As a solo artist, not so much. Tina Turner's already in with Ike, Ike and Tina, but not as a solo artist. Which Tina's, is fairly problematic as it's in its own right, right? Without a doubt. Uh, <laughs> as a solo artist, her comeback is one of the great all-time comeback stories in the history of, of popular music. I mean, for her to rebound from that awful circumstance with Ike Turner, come back with Private Dancer, one of the most massive and acclaimed albums of the 1980s. It, it's a wonderful success story. She is She's Tina Turner. She's, she's just awesome. I can Tina belong in the Hall of Fame. Tina belongs in the Hall of Fame. Tina's legs belong in the Hall of Fame. She should get three separate inductions without question. <laughs> I, I would be shocked. Again, Private Dancer came out in 1984. She's a first-time nominee. This should be a slam dunk. It really should be. Now, you are right, Dionne Warwick. Um, I'll let you take lead on that. I have, I have no thoughts on Dionne Warwick. I, I don't get it. I think it's exactly what you're saying as far as like, there's no bite to her. So why would she be in the rock and roll hall of fame? I think this, this of all of the nominees this year, this is the one that I feel is strictly trying to cash in on uh, popularity of the moment because Dionne Warwick at the moment is a very hot commodity on social media, which I'm going to say that again, because I can't believe I'm saying it, but right? Dion Warwick <laughs> is a hot commodity on social media. She's incredible. And I would, I would vote for her Twitter uh, page to be in the hall of fame. I don't know if sonically, if, if as a musician hall of fame worthy, I mean, that's what friends are for is great, but I mean, no, it's not. Hall of that, fame, that, come on. that should be a disqualifier. That that one song should be enough to torpedo her shot. That that's an awful saccharine garbage song. I, I can't believe you're, you're, right. you're endorsing that I'm song. Trying that, to be positive. I come from a place of positivity, James. I'm sorry. I can't help it. <laughs> that that's what's wrong with popular music. It, it's it's an absolutely empty experience. That that's like eating a, a bag of Skittles and Washing it down with a Coke. It's just empty calories. Uh, that sounds like a good after podcast snack, my friend. <laughs> actually, <laughs> actually. So last year, T-Rex got in, which made me really happy. It, yes. The influence of T-Rex can't be overstated. This year, once again, uh, we are faced with the possibility of New York, New York Dolls getting in. They were nominated in 2001. This is their first nomination since then. Here is a band that was there at the beginning. They were there with the Stooges. They were there with the Velvet Underground, and they were there before glam and punk took hold. And these were guys who took the androgynous route. They dressed like women. They were shocking back in the day. 
Uh, and they gave us on that first album alone, personality crisis and looking for a kiss and trash and pills. There's no chance they're going to get in, but I think it's cool that they're nominated. I would agree. I think, again, it goes back to kind of the thing that I always look at when I think of these artists, are they bigger than the time? And if I say what was, you know, what was the beginning of the New York scene? Like, what was the New York scene? It's, it's the New York dolls. Like that's, like, I don't even, that's another band where you go, like, I don't even know that much of their music, but I know exactly who they are. Mm-hmm. And to me, that needs to count for a lot. And the individual players in that band were so great. Yeah. And here's a, here's a good segue. Their first album, which I just mentioned, produced by Todd Rundgren, who is again nominated this year. I, I'm a Todd fan. Uh, he was nominated in 2019, 2020, and 2021. Todd Rundgren should be in the Rock Hall of Fame. He is a legitimate pioneer in music he was way ahead of the curve as along the lines of the internet uh and software he he put out an album in the mid 90s called no world order which is the first interactive album i mean he really had a vision for this stuff he had a vision when it came to videos as a producer he produced albums for the likes of xtc and the tubes and the psychedelic furs and bad religion and cheap trick and then there's the solo stuff just pop punk or not pop punk power pop brilliance and hello it's me can we still be friends i saw the light i'm a fan of utopia which started that was his band that started as this big proggy weird arty band and he evolved it into this cool new wave ensemble i i think todd's been there for everything he has not ridden the wave he has created the wave in so many respects i don't know if he gets in but i i appreciate the fact he's been nominated for the past three years I think he is a, a true legend. He's a wizard. He's a true star. He's, he's Todd Rundgren. Um, I, do you ever have people that like something so much they make you not like them? Absolutely. Um, that's my problem with Todd Rundgren. So I, I'm like tainted because I have uh, someone in my world, in my orbit, who's like obsessed and will mention them or promote them or try to shove them down my throat at any opportunity given um, and it kind of ruins it. <laughs> so uh, I will take your word for it. <laughs> um, <laughs> and you make a valid case though. I mean, it's so hard for like, you know, like a Butch Vig, like Butch Vig has to be in. He's like, he's produced every important record. It's either him or Rick Rubin. Right. Um, but does Butch Vig have anything on his own that you go, oh, that's, you know, yes, because of course, smells like teen spirit and uh, never mind. But, you know, it's like the behind the scenes people, I root for them probably more than I root for the artists. So I guess in a way, I am rooting for Todd Rodrigan. What is just, what just happened? I just talked myself into it. Way to I, go, I, James. My secret is to just stop talking. So I, I, I clam up and let you kind of work this through. Yeah, that's what the podcast is for, right? Otherwise, it'd be like seven minutes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Moving down the list, staying on the alternative tip, uh, Devo is back. They were nominated in 2019. Uh, here they are nominated again. Devo was such a wonderful force at the end of the 70s through the early 80s. They just disemboweled everyone's notion of popular music. I mean, when they first came out with that cover of Satisfaction, the, the Stone song, they they eviscerated it. They turned it upside down. And I like the fact that they shook everything up. They, they didn't 
approach anything with the same rules that the rest of the world approach them with. They had a look. I mean, we all know that that flower pot helmet, the yellow radiation suit, they had they they understood what the Devo brand was, this nerdy, cool, deconstructive act. I, I think Devo was revolutionary. I think we we see and feel their influence through today. It'd be cool if they got in. I I, I still love at the very least those first two Devo albums. Agree. Devo is a revolutionary band. They were nerds and they made it work. They made like it was nerd rock that was really, really cool and really, really, more importantly, influential. Um, I'm all in on Devo, even though they're so goofy and so weird. And I Devo is interesting because I think until you go into their music. um, Like from the outside, you look and you go, these guys are dorks. This is dumb. And it's like a, it's like a, sh- it's like an act, right? It's a shtick. Um, they wear their stupid helmets and their outfits and they're weird. And then you go and listen to the music and you're like, holy shit, this is really good. Okay. Um, and I was fortunate enough to have uh, someone that kind of sat me down and was like, no, listen to this. Because I was in the, like, I don't listen to, I don't like eighties music anyway. And I certainly don't like this dorky stuff i like nirvana right and punk rock and someone was like yeah but a lot of that comes from this so check it out and then it was like oh yeah um i think they're super underrated at the end of the day i think they're super underrated and you're totally right i i think they had a punk spirit but they approached their music as an opportunity to just blow stuff up just throw conventions out the window and build things up from scratch in their own demented worldview i i that first album, uh, Are We Not Men, We Are Devo, D-E-V-O, opening with uncontrollable, uncontrollable urge, going into satisfaction, songs like Jocko Homo. I mean, this is just, it still sounds, if you put that record on today, that album on today, it sounds subversive. It sounds not quite right. And for an album that came out, what was that, 78? For an album that came out in 1978, so. to still have that feel and still make you uncomfortable that that's impressive to me it it hasn't been watered down it's at the same time very punk rock i love i love bands that kind of defy genres and 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 devo is certainly one of them because you would at face value say like math rock or nerd stuff and it's like but if you if you put them in the context of the world at the time it's very punk rock and in hindsight, when you really look back, there could be a very good argument to be made that that's the first alternative band, right? I mean, mm. like just doesn't fit in a box of any sort and kind of was always left of center, even at the height of their popularity. I don't know. I, I kind of always look back at them and go like, important, very important band. Yeah, textbook Plus, alternative. if you've never listened to the Soundgarden cover of if uh girl you want girl you want cover uh soundgarden cover that song is really good and flipping it around devo did a cover of head like a hole like 20 or so years ago that's also pure devo and you realize listening to the song incredible. trent took some lessons trent also from ohio took some lessons from devo that's amazing i want to ask you a question let's say you are the new rock and roll hall of fame lord hmm. you get you get three take three from this list but that's it three go in everyone else is out Whew. who do you pick 
Iron Maiden, Tina Turner. Todd Rundgren, how about you? I got to go Jay-Z, Rage, Tina Turner. We overlapped on one. I'm actually really confused as to why she's not Ardian, but I guess it's Ike and Tina, which is. Well, we we did acknowledge a couple of the other nominees. We didn't acknowledge Shaka Khan, who was nominated twice before. Exactly. Uh, And fellow Kuti, a first time nominee. I don't think either will get in, but uh, fella worth noting. I mean, this is all influence. I mean, it's certainly not a household name uh, created the term and sound of Afrobeat, which is West African styles mixed up with jazz and funk. I, I think a lot of artists owe him a debt of gratitude. They, they have been influenced. I, I think George Clinton was influenced. If you listen to, I think one of the greatest albums of all time, remain in light by talking heads, that is all Afrobeat. That is all the direct results of Brian Eno digging into Fela Kuti's catalog and pulling out some stuff. Uh, I think the roots were influenced. So a, a big shadow cast, but I don't think that that fellow will get in. And Shaka Khan, I, I think yeah, Shaka. Thank you for the. Uh... Shaka and Rufus are already in. I think that may be the end of the line for Shaka Khan. Shaka Khan. Shaka Khan. Sorry, it's reflex. I can't help it. I understand. And really, <laughs> tell me something good by Shaka Khan and Rufus. Awesome. 1975. Still love that. For sure. Mm-hmm. All right. So we, we talked it. about who we would both put in from this class. Every time the Rock Hall announces its nominees, people talk about the snubs, the artists who aren't in, who really should be in. Who's on that list for you? I mean, the list is, it's a long and illustrious list at this point. I mean, how do you not mention the Smiths? How do you not mention Brian Eno? Um, recently, a lot of people are banging the pot for Soundgarden, and certainly they deserve recognition. I think, to me, on a personal level, the most outrageous omission so far um, is the Pixies to me. Because I agree. I completely agree with you. I think there's another band that are bigger and maybe that, you know, maybe they're too inside baseball in a sense where it's like, I don't know that many people can just off the top of their head name a Pixies tune, but the Pixies influenced the entire grunge movement. Loud, quiet, loud. And we we would not have a radio format if not for the Pixies. Correct. 100% correct. So to, to not let them in is, I mean, border, to me, it's like borderline criminal that, that they're not in at this point. Because, I mean, when you just, just on influence alone, <laughs> that band deserves all of their flowers and, and, and they should be in. And then on a, you know, on a personal level, uh, just for, you know, because I love them so much, Outcast should be in there. I mean, one of the defining hip hop acts of all time as well. I, I feel like that's it. coming. I feel like that, that almost is a guarantee that we'll, that we'll see Outcast nominated soon. Uh, I'm surprised that neither New Order nor, nor Joy Division have been nominated. That to me is, yeah. is a huge omission. Uh, I'm surprised Warren Zevon's not in there. You know, it's, 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 it was interesting, like doing the prep for this, going down the list of like, 
you know, bands that deserve to be in that aren't. There is some pretty like, what are you talking about? You know, like, <laughs> yes. what do you mean Joy Division isn't in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, right? Like, what are you talking about? How is that even possible? And going back to what we were talking about at the very beginning of this, Foo Fighters going in as a first time nominee. In my head, Foo Fighters don't go in before the Pixies. That just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, I would agree, but here we are. But here, <laughs> here we, are. we are, my friend. <laughs> hey, I know we're uh, getting ready to wrap this thing up, but I, I, I've, I thought about this while we were talking, and I want to just throw it at you, uh, just out of curiosity. Um, as you look back on bands that deserve to be in the Hall of Fame, what bands looking forward do you think are shoe-ins for hmm. the Hall of Fame? It's a great question. I, I'm surprised that Cheryl Crow's not in. Not because I think she's a fantastic artist, just thinking back to the corporate nature of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. She's always been like dependable for, for events and organizations like this. I would think Cheryl Crow would be a lock. Um, in the present day, I don't know. Does Arcade Fire get a nod at some point? Ooh, that would be a, that would be a tough call, I think. I suppose. I mean, now again, you can't be nominated until 25 years after your first release. So we're talking a way down the road, a ways down the road here. Right. Do you, you think their music is going to hold the test of time? Like, do you think like, I kind of do. You're not a fan. I mean, how much does arcade fire matter now? Let alone. I'm not, not a fan. I think in their moment, they they were impactful. And I hate using that word because it's barely a word. But I think in their moment, they were impactful. And as you look to the aughts for potential nominees, I, I think they're probably a top five band from that era. That I will not argue against you. I think um, to me, uh, Coldplay is an obvious oh, yes, one at some yes, point. That's course. easy. That's like, of course, I think that's a given strokes um i hope the strokes get in there i mean if the new york dolls are having a hard time i wonder if the strokes will as well um well the new york dolls never had man, a those for right that's true modest cold mouse? play no way cold play i can't <laughs> believe i missed that one modest mouse no I'm just, much- I'm just trying to think of 2000 bands they have, as, they have as much <laughs> chances trapped Oh man. All right. That's a wrap. We're good. <laughs> wait, what about wait now that now that I'm thinking about it? Rob Zombie. No way. Way. No way. Five twenty-five cent bet right now. I'll bet you a chili cheese dog from Portillo's. Rob Zombie never makes the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. How about gets nominated? Man. I'll bet you a Chicago dog. He doesn't get nominated. <laughs> I bet that within the next 25 years, Rob Zombie gets nominated. It's a bet. Okay. And that <laughs> is a wrap. The History of Alternative Podcast is recorded at the 101 WKQX Studios in Chicago. Subscribe on Apple, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't do drugs. Stay in school. Stay in school.